I'm Dr. Barry Wingfield. This is Real Life, Real Care. Tears, what are they good for? We're going to pick up with Bill Carpenter on our four-part series, Saving Your Marriage Relationship, today on Real Life, Real Care. We're back today to conclude our four-part series called Saving Your Marriage Relationship with Bill Carpenter of the Carpenter's Hope Counseling Center in North Little Rock. Bill, thanks for once again being with us today. Glad to be here. We talked a lot about tears in our last Mm -hmm. uh, episode together and uh, the strength and the beauty Mm -hmm. uh, that God sees in our tears and that we can share, maybe even when we're not expecting them to be shared with our spouse or with others. Mm-hmm. Um, and so let's let's continue that conversation today and, and talk about after a, an individual and then a couple has felt things that they've not felt before because we've, we've been able to show that their feelings are valid and this is a safe place to do that. And there's hope. There's a reason that this can really be helpful. Oh, it yeah. might be helpful. And they felt things that they've not felt before and allowed themselves to feel it. Now they're kind of seeing how they tend to respond to things. Mm-hmm. What, what are we kind of trajectory from there? What do we want couples to do with all that? Right. And so the work I do is highly experiential. So I help them experience, have new experiences. I'm just curious, when you rode a bike the very first time, did you uh, just get on there and ride it down the street? I'm just curious. Did you? Yeah, me personally, uh, I think I. Uh, it was a big green bicycle. That's all I remember. And I think I remember it being on top of me more right. than me being on top of right. it. Right. I remember skin knees and <laughs> elbows. I mean, profoundly skinned up knees and trying to learn because nobody was helping me. I'm out there. I have to do it myself. Yeah. Nobody's helping me. And so in this place where uh, relationships are, are trying to find a different way, then it's uh, – it's sometimes two steps forward and three steps back and sometimes five forward and one back and then five forward and two back. It's yeah. just this, this nonlinear. There's not a straight line to relationships ever. Yeah. But, but moving towards now in the first episode, we talked about the drift. And so now they're beginning to purposely drift back towards each other. And really it's not a drift. It's more like they're under motion. Now they've got some power and, the boats are coming back together. They've They're actually gonna, turned their wheel and rudder toward each other maybe for the first time in a long time. Long time. For really good reasons. Now they're experiencing something new. And so in that place where it's new, then it's becoming safer. And so what's what used to happen in the past, it still pops up. It still pops up. I'm just going to say it again. It yeah. still pops up. It still yeah. happens. That what happened in the past is this person would come towards in a way that felt threatening uh, they don't mean it to feel threatening, but it's serious for them. They want to talk about whatever it is they want to talk about. They want to get it resolved. If we can talk about it, we can get it resolved. And the other person interprets that as a threat and danger. And so they go away. Now that's the way it used to be. But now the person who had so much energy that they had to talk about things right now and get them resolved, they know that this person's going to be there. Their partner is going to be there. Their partner's engaging. And so, their partner is moving towards and their other partner is softening. And as this one softens, this one engages. And as this one engages, this one softens. And with each one of those incremental steps towards the other, they come together and they begin to connect and have new, new ways of relating. So, so I like the way you talked about this is 
is not a straight line. This is mm -hmm. not a, it'll always be better one step at a time from here. This is more cycles and <laughs> interactions. So where the cycles before were kind of spiraling us, drifting us away, we're intentionally one cycle at a time. Right re-engaging and that's going to be tender and we're going to bump up against each other and we're going to retreat sometimes it's not going to go perfect right but we it, stay at it i heard a person say one time that we have we when we get in this place we have separate orbits hmm. so imagine these two planets that are circling but separately they're two orbits but what happens over time is the the they begin to synchronize together and the orbits come together more often than they used to and then within that place when, where even though it's difficult and it doesn't feel good, the orbit is the same, it's rotating at the same speed and they're together, then being together is so much infinitely better, infinitely better than what they had before. And so they're feeling this whole sense of, of great uh, change. They're experiencing change. And so couples come in and they're arm in arm and they're laughing. And instead of sitting separately, they're sitting next to each other and they're holding hands and they're in a different place than they were. And people say, well, how many sessions does that take in your office, Bill? And I say eight to 12 sessions. That typically in eight to 12 sessions, the couple, depending on assuming there's not abuse, addiction, or an affair, those take longer. But for the regular couple uh, that's in a place of protest or dis uh, despair or even detachment, eight to 12 sessions, maybe not detachment, but it, protest and despair, eight to 12 sessions, they're experiencing something very, very different at home that frankly, when they came in, they didn't know was possible. Yeah, and It's really beautiful for me to just have the privilege of sitting in the room and helping them have those conversations that lead to that. Absolutely. Yeah. And just seeing that hope kind of come alive when they experience that and that experience that was together becomes an experience even when you're not in the room with them. Right. And that's, that's exactly what's been happening for them, that over and over and over and over again, they're proving they can be there in their difficult place together, and they can talk about it. They see each other differently, and they see themselves differently. And so naturally, what happens outside is their conversations get better and better. So this is a one conversation at a time. Thing. Always. One slice at a time, one step at a time. Yeah. So... When a couple begins to uh, initiate safer conversations, right. is that an okay thing for us to kind of talk Absolutely. about just for a second? Yeah, yeah. So when a couple starts going, you know what, I want to, I want to start, or I'm willing, or I'm excited about it, a little bit safer. What? Uh, how do couples describe those conversations differently than the conversations where they were drifting and primarily in protest and despair? Right. Because we've talked a lot about, especially the last episode, about the weight. Right. And we in all these experiences that people feel, mm -hmm. but it actually feels different. Yes. When I have a reconnecting conversation. Right. Do they feel that in their bodies as well? Absolutely. And so I help them share that, too. You know, what's that like for you when you're so right now? What's going on for you right now? And so they'll say something like, uh, I just feel maybe now they're beginning to access sadness. They wouldn't, they didn't have sad before. They couldn't say sad before, but now they're starting to talk about sadness or disappointment, fear. I'm afraid they're ultimately going to leave me. So really this fight, is that what I'm hearing you say? This fight is really about the sense that they're going to leave you. 
oh, wow, did you know that to the partner? Did you know that underneath all this is this fear that they're going to be abandoned, they're going to be left behind? And most of the time they say, no, they didn't know. Well, how could they know? I thought they shouldn't like me anymore. Right. I thought they just but, couldn't stand me. Exactly. I thought, I mean, there's all kind of, right. we fill in the answers. Ooh, yes. We make all kind of assumptions and conclusions when right. we see our partner feel something and then react to that feeling. Right. If we don't communicate or talk about and share if that we intentionally. We just can't. But it sounds like the the other partner will fill in negative assumptions about what that is doing and why that's happening. Absolutely. And doesn't that make sense? It does. I mean, who who talks to me more than me? (laughs) Nobody talks to me more than me. And it's the same for all of us. We we have to, we, we seek to understand, we want to make sense of what we're experiencing. And so finally, we're beginning to see things more clearly. We just didn't see them before, but now we do. And so now in this place where this person says, I have this fear that you're going to leave me. And this person says, oh, no, I'm not going to leave you. And can you tell this person that and just help them talk about that? And then couples go where? Where, where do we go? Now that we can access these feelings together. You want the truth? Oh, it's going to be hard. Here's, it's well, going to here's be the challenging. Truth. What's the truth about it? The truth is that in my experience, just in my practice, a lot of couples exit at this point. Mm. They just quit coming back because it's so much better. Yeah. There's deeper work that could be done because there's this shame place. There's all the guilt and the shame that's been accumulated over time. And while the cycle has been slowed down, it's it's so slow now. They can they can see it. They can slow it down. They can have this real conversation it felt like you were turning your back on me. No, oh, I see that you would think that. No, I'm so sorry. You would feel this awful feeling. No, I'm not turning my... And they can repair quickly, but there's still the shame and the guilt from the years that have accumulated, the hurt that have has accumulated. And so the second stage of EFT is helping a couple access this deeper place. So let's let's pause there because I want us to maybe close the series with that. And I see the same thing that you're talking about as well, which I would never take away from a couple that's feeling better. Right. Reconnecting. Right. And I don't blame them. No, they're right. It's hard work. It's hard work. And they've done six sessions, maybe 10. And like, yeah, ah, it took us so long to what feels like small movement. But that small movement has refilled them with hope. And right. I can just, okay, we got here. We never thought yeah. we'd be here. Thanks, Let's Bill. Let's get out while the right. game's good, because what if it gets worse if we stay mm, in this? Because there's lots sure. of stuff from the background wow. and the baggage stuff. Right. And let's just take what's gotten a little bit better and move on. And some a lot of couples do that. And, right. and I'm like, it makes sense. It I, I don't blame them. Right. But what else is possible? That's that's where I want to finish this here. What if, what if we stay in this and work a little bit longer? What if we intentionally reattach even more in deeper and is that worth it and and what's that process like so let's let's finish our series when we come back from this break this is dr barry wingfield and you're listening to real life real care well as we take a break here i want to just tell you a few things about bill and the carpenters hope counseling center 
Bill can be reached personally in his center at a couple of different ways. I'm going to give that to you in just a minute. So if you don't have something to write this down with, grab something. But if something you've heard so far on this series, Saving Your Marriage Relationship with Bill Carpenter, is meaningful to you or someone that you know, we want you to be able to share this. We want you to tell them about this weekend show that comes on, Real Life, Real Care. We want you to share that. We also want you to know that you can share this episode even after it's aired you can go to itunes and search for real life real care with dr barry wingfield and then you can share this on facebook by email even by text you can let them know that they can download and listen to this message on saving your marriage relationship you can also go to soundcloud if you're not an itunes follower just go to soundcloud.com and run the same search Real Life, Real Care with Dr. Barry Wingfield, and you can forward this episode. To get in touch with Bill Carpenter at the Carpenter's Hope Counseling Center, you can call 501-920-6096. You can email him at info at tchcc.us, and that just stands for the Carpenter's Hope Counseling Center.us, info at tchcc.us. And you can also call us at the care clinic as we have other students and other counselors in training that work in these same issues that deal with saving marriages. And that's at 501-219-9245. Well, let's get back to this very important conversation with Bill Carpenter, Saving Your Marriage Relationship. Welcome back to Real Life, Real Care, and you've joined us now for our fourth episode of a four-part series with Bill Carpenter of the Carpenter's Hope Counseling Center that we're calling Saving Your Marriage Relationship, and we're going to finish up this series, Bill, talking about staying with this process for the long haul. Mm. We had a great conversation the first part of this episode about what's possible and the hope and the kind of getting excited. Then some couples get to that point of excitement and experience something new, and they're like, oh, this is, I didn't think this was possible. We're done. We're out of here. We're just going to live in this mm-hmm. benefit, which is great. Right. But talk a little bit about those couples that keep coming back and say, this has been great. Mm-hmm. And we want to know what's possible if we right. stay on this road and keep working at this level. Right. So there's so much more that's possible. There's so much more space. So what's happened over time is their relationship is breathing. Mm. It has air. There's, the pressure there's feels There's a vitality. Gone. So much pressure, right, that it built up. It's not there anymore. And so now they're in this safer place. Maybe it's safe. You know, there's no intimacy without vulnerability. Absolutely. You cannot experience intimacy without vulnerability. I mean, just think of that that term of that idea of naked and unafraid. They go together. Adam and Eve, they were naked and unafraid. And so in so many ways, our culture is so sad for me, this place of believe our culture is selling us this message that 50 shades of gray is normal and it's not not at all it's not and the research proves it just forget if i was god forgive me for even saying that but to set aside the bible what the bible says about monogamy and and uh intimacy in oneness in the context of a marriage one with another that the research shows the secular research shows that the most healthy relationships that exist are those that are safe and secure in the context of monogamy. Yeah. So the whole, even the concept that let's, let's intentionally create a sense of unsafety. 
That's <laughs> just kind of backwards. It is. It's beyond kind of. Yeah. Backwards. Yeah. It's that's be, putting for it me, extremely it's mildly. And that, in fact, another series we've got in the works about uh, sexual intimacy mm. uh, that it tries to debunk. Uh, we're going to try to debunk a lot of those myths yeah, uh, in some you. future shows mm-hmm. because that's getting shoved down young right. people's throats right. and the expectation it's that un, if, yeah. if that's not what's in your sexual relationship, even with a spouse down the road, you're missing out and it's and you're right. you're gonna you're you're not and the reality is we're we're creating a sense of unsafety from the get go. So I expect mm-hmm. to feel unsafe. Why wouldn't you? And so if I expect to feel and I should seek to feel unsafe, hmm. why are none of my relationships working out? Yeah. For really good reasons. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're 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 getting exactly what we create. Right. And so we're at this place where the couple has done great work and they're experiencing something new. Yeah. The kids know it. Siblings, the brothers and sisters that are close in, they'd see it. Everyone if, can breathe. A everybody is seeing that this is better. And they're still yet, if they wanted to, there's still a deeper work that could be done. And that's that place of deepening intimacy. I'm not talking about sexual intimacy. I'm talking about an intimacy of the heart, mm-hmm. a place where this person can now share their shame. They, every, I call it the shame place. Anyway, wherever I got the term, the shame place, we all have a shame place where we say to ourselves we can't get it right, where we've, we're getting it wrong. Our, our, our most messed up spots. It's, it is the... Yeah, thank you for that. Our most messed up spots. It's not the most, it's just spots. There are these places in our lives where we don't get it right. Yeah. Where we feel like a failure. That we we can't win in this place. It's, and some of those are past. There mm, I did something wrong and I cannot go right? back in time and fix that. Exactly. It's so constricting that when we we don't take the time to access that, we don't think about it. If we don't think about it, then it's not real. Unfortunately, the truth is that the, the body keeps the score. And so we hold that stress. We hold that restricted place in our bodies. Well, what are you talking about, Bill? Well, I'm just curious right now, listener, as you're thinking about your own life, think about the, the most difficult thing that's ever happened to you or the most difficult, painful thing you've ever done. Just think about that place for a minute, Mm. just for a minute, not for very long. Just try and see yourself in that place where everything was against you, where you feel closed in. One guy said he feels like when he turned, he's waiting, he's just waiting to turn the corner and there's going to be somebody with a two by four to hit him in the face. Wow. Another person talked like they, they're exploring that and they just talked about how the they, they thought they'd experienced all the despair and sadness that there was to experience. And as they're exploring it further, it said, the person said, it feels like the floor just dropped out. And now I'm in a deeper place that I didn't know even existed. And how could they know it existed? Because they hadn't explored there. And so grateful for this couple. They're doing the harder work. They're in there doing this, this, this exploring into these dark places and where this person now was protesting, protesting, protesting with the fight. They were angry and they were irritated and frustrated. And now that's all gone. All the blaming is gone. They're not blaming their partner anymore. The other partner is not blaming them either. The blaming and the shaming is over. And now they're able to, in a safe place with this most important person in the whole wide world, access 
the shame place and the person who is withdrawing, they're engaged now. So that they've engaged and the other is softened and now they're having a whole new conversation. So the engaged one, the one who is withdrawing before they're showing up and they're sharing their shame place. And then the other person is no longer blaming and they can catch them. And so I use this. I take my hands and I cut my hands and I go from my heart and I bring it out like this. And so it's like they take that shame that's inside of them and they, they, they look at it. They don't even want to look at it themselves. We hate it. We hate ourselves in this mm. place. And here we are in the midst of sharing that shame place with this most important trusted person in the whole wide world. And they reach over and they catch it. They feel it with me. They don't try and change me. They're there with me. I experienced this in my own home the other day where I'm feeling so sad about something. I feel defeated. I feel beat down. My heart is heavy. And my wife sees me in that place. And I, she's able to hear me talk about that sad, shame place that I have. It doesn't feel good. I don't like it. My shoulders are slumped. I'm shuffling as I walk. It doesn't feel good. But she sees me in that place. And she knows what to do. So I'm sitting there at my computer answering an email and I'm feeling this place that doesn't feel good. I'm just feeling it. I don't know what to do with it really. And she comes up behind me and she puts her arms around me, around my neck, and she just holds me. Can you imagine what that would be like for me? She just holds me in that place. And she says she loves me and cares about me. And she kisses me on the cheek and she just holds me. And I stand up and we hold each other. And she just holds me. And as she holds me, then what I get to feel in my body is this relaxation comes in. I feel my body sink. Research says a good hug takes 15 seconds. Hmm. When was the last time you and your spouse were able to, in a soft place, hug each other for 15 seconds? I don't know. Just feel that. Mm -hmm. Just feeling that in my body. I felt my body sink. And we can talk about it in that place. And I can tell her, thank you so much for loving me enough to come to me in this place and just be with me. And so I help couples experience those kind of conversations. And when they can, when the engaged one can share their shame place and not be attacked for having that place, for being that way, for being real and for being vulnerable, vulnerable and a right. human being. Right. Right. So the engaged one, they weren't engaged before they were going away. Now they're engaged and they're sharing that place. And it's imperfect. You know, we, my wife and I have been working this now for four years. You know, I'm trained. I've got all this training to mm -hmm. do this. And so it's a, it's an, an uneven, uneven journey at my house too. But here in this place, she was able to catch me. And so that's what I help couples experience at home. The engaged one now shares the pursuing one. They, they, uh, are able to catch them and they have this beautiful bonding moment and then the pursuing one they share their shame place the engaged one is there and they catch them in that place there's no shame and no blame and they do this back and forth and what the research shows is as they are able to this one at a time have this conversation back and forth one person there for the other this person there for them back and forth as they're able to do that the more they do that it locks it in, the attachment, the connection, the safety gets locked in in such a way that their relationship will never be the same. It will never be the same. 
the brain has changed. It is changing every single time, even in the early stages. Their brain is changing to make space new ways of being. So thank you for sharing it's such a personal moment there where this works even for you. In, exactly. In your marriage. I live this out at home. And so it's not that one moment where your wife hugged you at the computer that ah, that was the moment it changed everything. Mm-mm. It was a small one inch. Just one more. One more. And right. as those one mores grow <laughs> yes. over time. Exactly. So that attachment happens one small slice, one inch at a time. But if you do that enough over time, it solidifies, like that word you used, it pulls us together with cement, mm-hmm. not with Elmer's glue here. Mm-hmm. And it bonds us in a way that says, you're not going to pull us apart with these one things or these two things, or even when we don't get it right, if we, right. When, when we do mess up, not if we mess right. up. This is solid. And it it really brings us back to where we started three episodes ago, four episodes ago now, that we didn't get to this distance place in one big moment. No, It it happened incrementally. It happened small, the little ways I wasn't accessible or I wasn't responsive or I didn't engage or we didn't connect. And those happened, drift, drift happened over time. And it takes time and effort and energy and intentionality to reconnect and allow Allow God to do what he does, which is put us together in ways we couldn't have dreamed that we would get to experience. Yes, absolutely. And so I I just want to uh, expand what you said just quickly, that uh, for most couples, it's the drift that occurs over time. And so just thinking about a strand of three is not easily broken. Mm. And then imagine if it was a strand of four or five or six, the connection becoming stronger and stronger over time, incrementally becoming stronger and stronger. And so now I'm thinking about the big cables that hold the uh, San Francisco, what's that? This, the Golden Gate Bridge? The or? Golden Gate Bridge. Just how many strands are in those cables? I, I don't have any idea, but they're big. There's and, a lot. And they're strong. Right. And so they It holds a lot of weight. It does. And so they'll look for... Uh, that one strand breaking it doesn't break the bank. It doesn't ruin the entire cable. It's the same idea in my heart just thinking about this couple who, who maybe had a really strong relationship at one point, but then there's this catastrophic break, mm. an attachment injury. And it could be the betrayal, the injury can occur in a really profound way that Uh, hurts the relationship, severs the relationship in a here and now, absolutely right now. We will never be the same because of this. Even those, there's hope for even those relationships that have had that one instant. Maybe it's an affair. Maybe it's uh, pornography. Maybe it's gambling. uh, It's a hundred thousand things. But but even those are repairable. Yeah. Even those, and that's a great way to end this. No matter who's listening to this, what's going on, Mm -hmm. if you're in even those, this is for you. This is for you. Bill, thanks for being here today. What a great series. We'll be right back to conclude this on Real Life, Real Care. I'm Dr. Barry Wingfield. Well, thank you for listening today to this episode of Real Life, Real Care. And Bill Carpenter was our guest today of the Carpenter Hope Counseling Center. In this series that we're calling Saving Your Marriage Relationship, You can access this episode by going to iTunes or to soundcloud.com and just search for Real Life, Real Care with Dr. Barry Wingfield, and it'll come up and you can share this episode with someone in your family or friend or someone at your church or maybe even your pastor that they can then share with others. If you want to get a hold of Bill, you can contact him at the Carpenter's Hope Counseling Center, 920-6096. 
That's 501-920-6096. You can email him at info, I-N-F-O, at tchcc.us. Our goal here at Real Life Real Care is to open up conversations like this one with Bill uh, on important mental health and relationship topics and also to connect the Central Arkansas community to local professionals in the mental health field who practice from a spiritually sensitive perspective. This show is not intended to constitute professional advice, nor is it a substitute for professional care for any individual or couple by a doctor, counselor, or family therapist. And the guests who appear on Real Life Real Care express their own opinions. You know, it's just a reality that sometimes we find ourselves dealing with circumstances or conditions that those around us simply don't have the education or experience to know what to do or how to respond. The Care Clinic, along with the JBU Graduate Counseling and MFT program in Little Rock, is meeting these needs by providing expert training and experiences to step into this gap and provide spiritually sensitive help when it's needed the most so that people can get back to the life and purpose that God designed for them to live. Life isn't always as it should be. The Care Clinic at Little Rock is here to help. I'm Dr. Barry Wingfield, and thank you for listening to Real Life, Real Care.